What's up, Warriors, and welcome to Warrior Life Podcast number 365. This is Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson this week, and today I want to talk to you about five tests you can apply to bust frauds. There are plenty of people out there teaching who probably shouldn't be. It's hard to know when they are full of it and when they aren't. This is not definitive, but there are five tests you can apply that will show you some red flags, let's say, in case they shouldn't necessarily be taken seriously. You know, maybe you should be a little more wary of them if they fail some of these tests. So without further ado, let's talk five tests for internet fraud busting. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat, Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, we're back. Again, this is Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson. I told you we were going to talk about five tests for internet fraud busting. By that, I mean that there are lots of people teaching self-defense or claiming to impart self-defense instruction who are kind of full of it. And there is a time, was a time, I should say, when it was a lot easier to sort of lie your way to success in the martial arts. Um, I'm old enough to remember when I had to order books on knife fighting and combatives from mail order catalogs, like the Paladin Press catalog and the Delta Press catalog, companies that sadly are no longer with us today. And, uh, you know, this was before those companies started marketing on the internet. This is before any of those things we take for granted now were part of life. So there was a time like a certain ninja figure in the 1980s could lie his way to success during the 1980s ninja craze and become a relatively well-known figure in ninja martial arts in the United States uh, simply by claiming I did this and I learned this and none of it was true without the internet to fact check him, so to speak. And I know fact checking has kind of a bad flavor to it now in this age of big tech censorship, but when there was no way to look into these claims, people tended to take instructors at their word. With the advent of the internet, a lot of these people who made a name for themselves back in the day were pretty much exposed as complete and total frauds. People who just made stuff up and expected that that would be good enough. So over the years, and I've been a martial arts student for for multiple decades, Um, I've developed five tests that I like to apply, uh, or rather it might be more accurate to say that the things I think about whether or not a teacher should be taken seriously could be boiled down to five different tests. And you can use those tests to determine if there are red flags, if maybe you should look a little more closely into this instructor's background before you choose to give them your money, before you choose to take them seriously, before you choose to take instruction from them. In a lot of cases, when a guy's a fraud, He's just teaching you. The material might be good or it might not. He might just be lying about his background, but the material is sound. The material itself might be bad, in which case, if you tried to use it, you could get hurt. Or, in worst case scenarios, the training itself could be dangerous. Um, You could, you know, actually be putting yourself in danger working with a teacher who doesn't take your safety seriously. So these are all things to consider about why you want to train with a legitimate teacher and not with a fraud. Um, And we're making a distinction here. There are teachers whose backgrounds are perfectly legitimate, who don't lie about anything they've done, and who are actually quite skilled, who are still people you should not train with. I can think of one instructor in particular who is widely rumored to be a cokehead, who uh, I've never heard anyone say he can't fight, but I've never heard anyone say anything good about him <laughs> in terms of working with him. So keep these things in mind when you're, you're uh, making a, a judgment as to whether or not 
someone should be getting your money. Test number one is what I call the one sentence test. Anybody with a legitimate background in martial arts and self-defense and combatives training ought to be able to explain to you what their background and their credentials are in one or two sentences. You know, hey, what are your credentials? Well, I have a black belt in karate and I've taken a number of seminars in World War II combatives. Uh, hey, what are your credentials? Well, I don't have any official credentials. I go to seminars all the time and I've learned from this guy and that guy and that guy. And I've given you the names of those guys in this hypothetical scenario. If you ask someone, hey, what are your credentials? And you get this lengthy saga about how, well, early on in life, I identified the need for a better way to fight. And so I sought out all the greatest masters and uh, people who I won't name and can't name or people that you've never heard of and will never hear of. And I'm synthesizing the greatest work of all of those people together in order to build a better fighting system. And I don't hold to tradition, but at the same time, I know that blah, 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 blah. And they just go on and on forever. A good rule of thumb as to when you're being conned is the longer and more elaborate the explanation, the less likely it is to be true. Well, somebody who cannot give you a one or two sentence answer to what their credentials are, they may still be telling the truth, but you need to be more suspicious. Because again, the longer the explanation, the more suspicious you should be. It's a red flag. Um, there are plenty of people out there who are competent when it comes to combatives and self-defense who don't have official credentials, don't have a, a specific ranking. Uh, self-defense really just requires you to be honest. You're recognizing what is the, a fact of reality. You cannot defend yourself with wishful thinking. You can't say, well, I, I wish the world was like this and therefore I'm going to behave that way. This is how people get themselves into trouble. They're the people who say, well, I don't carry a weapon because I don't feel afraid. Uh, pal, it doesn't matter what you feel. If you're in danger, you're in danger, and reality doesn't care what you think about it. So when you're evaluating whether someone can impart something to you, you know, in terms of self-defense instruction, they don't necessarily have to have impressive credentials as long as they're being honest with you about where the material is coming from. All right, uh, test number two is what I call the teacher test, and it's kind of closely related. Um, you ought to be able to identify by name the person or persons with whom you studied. Um, you know, uh, for example, I trained with a man who trained with another fellow named, I'm not going to give you the names, but I trained under a fellow named Dan. Dan trained under a fellow named Gary. Gary learned the system from a fellow who came to the United States by way of Holland from Indonesia. Uh, and those are the three people in the chain of that martial art. That's how I know where I am in that hierarchy of instruction. I can give you, if we are speaking in, in a personal way, I can give you those three names. Those three people exist. You can find word of them on the internet, you know, and verifiably they were all real people. That's very simple. You ought to be able to, oh, where did you learn karate? Oh, I learned, um, for example, I took this style of karate when I was in college or, you know, that kind of thing. If the teacher is one of those people who cannot be verified, if you, if you can find no word of his existence, if, if you know, I, I learned through, through family members who want to keep their involvement private, you, you wouldn't know him. You, you know, he's, he's too obscure. Uh, and Or if you learn from someone who's now dead and can't defend themselves or provide any evidence that they ever existed. If, if the teacher is shrouded in mystery or you simply can't get a straight answer about where this person got their instruction, then they have failed the teacher test, and that is a red flag. There are lots of fake martial arts people out there who are like, oh, well, I was taught by family. It's a family tradition. And yeah, the thing about family traditions is they can't be verified. Does that mean no one's ever learned a hereditary family tradition martial art? No, it's happened. But it's not as common as a lot of these people would have you believe.
So um, there is a there is a particular martial arts figure who's actually supposedly had a movie based on his life, and he claimed that his teacher was this obscure Japanese fellow who just happens to share a name with a famous James Bond figure who was famous around the time this guy was probably making up his his martial arts history. So, you know, little things like that. And, you know, that, that when you just can't point to, yeah, I learned from this guy. He lived at this address. He's either alive or dead now, but he was a real person. Those are simple answers. And in some ways, this is like my one sentence test applied to teachers. The answer ought to be simple. If it's not, there's a problem. Test number three is what I call the Google test. And this is less definitive. Um, when you search for someone and you search the name of an instructor or you search the name of an you know, an instructing facility, an entity in the training uh, world, you'll probably get negative responses, especially in martial arts and self-defense. Everybody's got enemies. All you have to do is have an opinion, and there will be people who have nasty things to say about you. There's also these defamatory, libelous websites like Ripoff Report, where literally anyone can write anything anonymously and just make up lies. Most of the time when you see someone posting to a site like Ripoff Report, they're just making stuff up to make someone else look bad. So you have to take what you read on the internet with a grain of salt. People do have enemies. However, if you look up an instructor online and all you see are references from multiple sites about how this person is a fraud and how they've been exposed and how this bad thing and that bad thing, or maybe even links to crimes they've committed, um, that should give you pause. So the more negativity you find when you do a Google search, if you can't just attribute it to the bickering and the, the politicking that goes on in the martial arts, if there's actual allegations of illegal misdeeds, or if all you hear is this guy made up his background, this guy's a fraud, uh, this guy was exposed here, this guy was exposed there, then you should be very concerned. You should take that red flag and go, hmm, maybe I need to look into this further before I give this guy my money or before I show up for one of his classes. Why does that matter? Well, in some cases, all you're losing is money. Like if I buy a DVD from a fraud, all I've lost is some money and I now have a DVD that isn't particularly good. But if I take classes with someone who does stupid things, then that is very much a red flag. Where this is most obvious is in firearms instruction, because remember, when we talk about self-defense and combatives, we're not leaving weapons out. There's lots of people out there teaching with firearms. All of these tests apply. You know, the one-sentence test, where did you get your credentials to teach firearms, to teach tactical combat with, with guns? Uh, the teacher test, so, so who is the person who instructed you? Where did you come by this knowledge? If I do a search for that firearms instructor, do I find a lot of stuff? that say that his teaching is unsound and the stuff he teaches is unsafe. Um, this brings us to test number four, the dumb as hell test. Have you seen evidence of, can you find evidence of this person doing something outrageously stupid, which would be a red flag? And you see this a lot in the viral videos that float around of various firearms instruction schools and firearms instructors who are doing painfully dumb things with guns that endanger the people around them and in some cases endanger them. There was the the famous uh, firearms instructor who got kicked out of a couple of ranges because he was in the stalls doing like knife and gun close quarters combative stuff and he fired off around into the ceiling. All of that is, I would classify that as dangerous dumb stuff with firearms. Uh, there's only one person I can think of 
who was a good instructor and a good man, despite the fact that he did what I thought was painfully stupid and dangerous stuff with a firearm. And he acknowledged that when I talked to him about it. And that was the late, great Larry Wick from Split Second Survival. Larry has passed away, and that's a terrible shame. He was a wonderfully nice man. Uh, and I, I had the pleasure of interviewing him more than once. And Larry did an entire DVD where he he did firearms disarms with loaded guns. Now, there's no way anyone should ever do that. It's incredibly dangerous. And all you have to do is make one mistake and you die. So <laughs> I, I, he's the only person who ever failed the dumb as hell test, but who I would still consider training with in real life because even he acknowledged how dangerous what he was was. I still can't reconcile what I know of him as a person with the fact that he was willing to do that. I guess he was making a bold choice, a bold statement, but I, I don't know. I No statement is so bold that it should put your life in danger, I think. So when, a, when an instructor, is, when you apply the dumb as hell test, if they're doing something that's really dangerous, if you see evidence of them having done this, then that's a huge red flag because if they're willing to do something dangerous in one context, they may do it in class and the stuff they're teaching you may not be particularly safe. Oh, here's a good example. There was a huge internet kerfuffle over an instructor who's a relatively young man who does a lot of online internet instruction. And he was making a point about how you shouldn't, when you transition to your handgun, you shouldn't move the rifle around your body in a way that causes the barrel to sweep the people around you. And in talking about this fact, he did just that with the barrel of his rifle, a rifle that had been used a moment before to put a live round down range. So essentially he was sweeping the entire class with the muzzle of a weapon that they had no way of knowing was not carrying a live round, another, a second live round. So I would consider that failing the dumb as hell test and would I work with that instructor? No, I would not. I would not take his classes. I would not give him any of my money. I don't consider him qualified to teach because he was willing to make a mistake like that. And you can find all kinds of examples of that. There are instructors who pride themselves in showing their students standing next to targets that bullets are getting put into. See, I put a bullet in that target and he's standing right next to it and that's just how good we are. No, that's how stupid you are and you will never get my money and I will never work with you because you failed the dumb as hell test. All right, uh, test number five is the fight me test. And by this I mean people in the, the martial arts world who are fond of issuing fight challenges, you shouldn't take them seriously most of the time. Uh, a lot of people will issue fight challenges and then back out of them. So right there when they say, I'll, I'll fight you, but no, I won't. You know, most, most internet fight challenges never happen. And uh, somebody who issues fight challenges is probably an instructor who should not be taken seriously. Um, there are people who will set up ridiculous conditions to fight them. Like, in order for the honor of fighting me, you have to provide a, a $10,000 security bond and the fight has to take place on a floating oil ocean platform at, at uh, on Tuesday when the moon is full and Venus is in retrograde and also, I really don't want to fight you, so I hope these conditions will discourage you from actually meeting them. Uh, so, you know, if they make it so hard to fight them that it's impossible to do so, then obviously that's a, that's a red flag. Um, there are times when people are willing to fight, and the fact that they were willing to fight tells you something about them. Um, you know, somebody who, like, like, there's a firearms instructor I can think of 
who issued a standing challenge that anyone who wanted to call him a fraud or say bad things to him, he would give them a plane ticket and they should come to meet him and tell him to his face. Now, the implication was that you wouldn't dare say that to my face because I'll, you know, beat you up or something. So it was, as challenges go, it was pretty dodgy because it was like, I can never be wrong because anyone who says I'm wrong, I will punch them. So that, that gives you an indicator of character and it's a red flag. Um, you know, it's another thing if someone is just like, well, if you challenge me, I'll accept the challenge and then we'll fight. And then they do. Well, that's a different matter. Now you have someone who's willing to stand behind what they do. I guess you can draw your own conclusions as to whether or not you want to work with someone who's willing to do that. I, it doesn't bother me as long as they're honest about who they are and they're willing to fight. Uh, and then they do. Uh, I can think of one example. A few years ago, uh, two ninja instructors, one guy does Bujinkan ninjutsu, which some of you may have heard of. Uh, and another guy does fake ninja stuff because he's been widely exposed on the internet as a fraud. He's one of those people who, if you were to search his name, you wouldn't find anything positive about him on the internet. So one, the first guy, the, the legitimate guy, was giving, an uh, he's giving a seminar in Kentucky. Second guy shows up in Kentucky and uh, challenges, well, not really challenges, confronts him, let's say. Second guy has brought a whole bunch of people with him because he needed the moral support. Um, and first guy looks at him with what I can only describe as a hate boner. The look on first guy's face was like, oh, yes, I will gladly fight you. Here are the mats that are set up for people to fight on. Please, young sir, step out onto the mat and allow us to fight. I have never seen a guy want to fight someone else more. Well, second guy, the fake guy, backed down and then posted the video online. And the point I'm making, um, people who post videos of themselves almost fighting or getting into fights and losing badly or sparring badly, those people are like those contestants in the early rounds of American Idol. I may be dating myself with that reference because I don't know how many of you still watch American Idol. I don't even know if it's still on the air. But in the show American Idol, the, one of the draws of the show was people who couldn't sing would audition. They were terrible at it. And when told they were terrible at it, they got very angry because they were also delusional. And they could not fathom that they weren't good at this thing that they were objectively not good at. So people who will post videos of them giving challenges or losing challenges or making challenges and back down on them. Or in this case, this guy, uh, the fraudulent guy, second guy I called him, posted the video of the encounter, which was recorded by one of the thugs that he brought with him to this confrontation, thinking that somehow this made him look good. And no, no, it did not. And the fact that he did not understand that was one of the biggest red flags possible. Now, that particular guy ended up going to prison uh, and he re resides in prison to this day. Uh, on uh, a firearms charge that was enhanced by the fact that he attacked his own lawyer while awaiting trial. So fun, fun tip, uh, if you are awaiting trial on firearms charges, do try not to physically assault your lawyer because they will tack on time for that. Uh, so that, that guy spent as much time in prison as it took me to pay off my Toyota, so, which I bought new. So, you know, that's just, just a tip for how to live your life. So... Uh, people who uh, engage in these kinds of fight challenge nonsense, if they're not just legitimately saying, okay, I'll fight you, and then they do, and then they manage to look decent for themselves, eh, it's pretty much a red flag. So let's review. What are my five tests for internet fraud busting? The first one is the one-sentence test. They ought to be able to simply explain to you what their credentials are. Uh, 
The second one is the teacher test. They ought to be able to simply explain to you who taught them and how they got the knowledge they have. The third one is the Google test, where if all you can find is negative information, that may be a red flag. The fourth one is the dumb as hell test. Anyone who's willing to do things that are wildly unsafe or wildly stupid is probably not someone that you should be working with. And the final one, five, the fight me test, is if they're constantly issuing challenges and backing out of them or just generally behaving like a belligerent jerk, that may be a red flag as well. All right, uh, I hope this helps as you seek out instruction. I know that in-person instruction is kind of a thorny topic right now. I've talked about this in the past. Uh, one of the previous times that I sat in on the podcast, I talked about some myths about in-person training and encouraged you to go out and get it. But the fact is the pandemic is still with us. The people are still worried about the, the Delta variant. It's, these variants are starting to sound like fraternity row. But honestly, I understand there are a lot of people who aren't really comfortable getting together with a bunch of strangers right now. Right or wrong, whatever you feel about that, you know, there are options. And you do have options for distance learning and for training uh, online and for training by DVD and things like that. So these tests generally can be applied to just about anything. And I hope they help you. All right, this is Buck Green sitting in for Jeff Anderson. That's going to about do it for this issue of Warrior Life Radio. Until next time, prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.